Karate Cafe is sponsored in part by thedojomanager.com. It's like the five-finger death touch for managing your dojo. Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit piranagear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Wilson and Dan Williams. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul here with another episode of Karate Cafe. And off my center line, as ever, my good friend, Dan Williams. Dan. Here I am. I am a quite, I, yeah, I see I can actually move off your center line. That's true. Now. Uh, for those of you listening at home or via hands-free device in your car, we're testing out a video. Well, what's a video podcast? Is that a vodcast? It's a vodka. I don't know what that's the called. People of the podcast movement are going to be mad at me. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> if you're listening to it's this. A, it's, all, it's all a netcast, right? Right. It's, it, it, it's, anyway. it's all on the inner tubes. So right. if, if uh, we're testing a video cast so Dan and I can actually see one another. Uh, and then also, hey. And uh, then also we may pop this up on YouTube so you can see us look at each other. Right. Well, you know, I, I know that um, at least for me, anyway, uh, I am I'm probably more uh, into watching my YouTube subscriptions than I am listening to my podcasts. Even so, to me, I don't I don't know if people are drifting that way, but um, you know, I don't need a podcast client. I don't need to download them. Uh, my progress is tracked from device to device. De- device to device it's just easier for me see, that's gonna be to go out on youtube edit now because yeah now they can see us all right so we have to be enunciating correctly and perfectly every time <laughs> no um, more well, you know, and, 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 but but uh, also maybe if we have enough viewers of that then we can kind of monetize it and uh, yeah and since, it's easier to monetize isn't since it no one seems to be um you know Donating at Karate Cafe. Giving us thousands and thousands of dollars. Giving up your cafe for Karate Cafe. One freaking mocha a week. That's all we ask. Um, Anyway, uh, so that might be a a way of doing that because uh, unlike, um, you know, my close personal friend, Ian Abernathy, I don't do this for a living. Neither does Dan, although we really like to. But, you know, it costs a lot to keep the massive Karate Cafe studio open. You can see the Massive Karate Cafe studio. <laughs> Finally, people can see the Massive Karate Cafe studio. That's right. Uh, you won't see the green room because what happens in the green room stays in the green room. Uh, and speaking of seeing people, uh, I want to remind, I put something on the Facebook page, but I just want to remind people that um, if you're in New Mexico, if you're in the Santa Fe slash Albuquerque area, I'll be there next month for a couple of weeks. Uh, I'll also be passing through uh, Arizona going to go visit the uh, Grand Canyon, maybe do some kata, uh, the Grand Canyon. In, in the canyon? In the canyon. I'll just jump. I'll leap across. with a Your kiaz will echo throughout uh, ooh, time. Nice. Uh, should be in Vegas for a couple of days for uh, uh, a thing, and then uh, coming back. So if you're anywhere in that sort of Austin to Las Vegas, we may go to L.A. and maybe try and see our good friend Alex Haddock. Uh, ah. But we may go to L.A., just pop over there. Um, but if you're somewhere along that line and you want to get together and work out, let me know. Uh, drop us a, a line or, or let up. You know, if you want a, a bunkai seminar, Ooh. that'd be kind of cool too. Because uh, who doesn't want a bunkai seminar? Who doesn't Come want on. a bunkai seminar? But more importantly, from me, uh, or led by me. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> that's not here. No, I've, I've I've been meaning to write up a little thing, so that way I can kind of post it on. But that's not here nor there because we actually have a topic that we don't want to get to. 
And yeah. That, that topic is we have, ta- we have something to talk about? We do have something to talk about other than... I can never know, tell. Look at each other. Yeah, really, right? The Karate Cafe <laughs> Tangent. Again, off the center. Uh, uh, what we were going to talk about was something that I touched upon on Facebook the other day. And mm-hmm. it was essentially, you know, when does a martial artist start, you know, kind of taking care of themselves? When do they start... Uh, the, the phrase I used was start feeding themselves. When do they wait to be fed, i.e. someone give them something, like teach them a new kata, teach them a new technique, Mm -hmm. teach them, you know, how to tie their belt, blah, blah, blah. At a certain point, I think it's really important as martial artists, or as a martial artist, to, and and this doesn't include like, oh, I started a class, right? Because even when Mm -hmm. you start a class, you're still, like there's people starting classes, you know, they get their black belt and they open a class. You know, do they really know how to teach? You know, that's neither here nor there. But I'm more aiming towards sort of, I guess, like intermediate black belts, like third, fourth, fifth, you know, and then on past that, you know, when do, when should you be responsible for taking care of your own training and analyzing your own ability? Well, you know, I guess, um, one of my thoughts is, is that that is something that, um, you know, it really could apply to anything in life because if, it, 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 you know, if you want to learn something and and you want someone to kind of spoon feed you the whole thing from beginning to end, I mean, you you get out of something what you put in put into it really, and that that that's what it comes down to. And if if what you're willing to put into it is, I am going to go to class, I'm going to learn. That I'm going to check the check boxes that are in the curriculum, and that's all I'm going to do. Um, then that's what you're going to get out of the whole thing. Uh, you're you're going to have uh, you're going to be able to to perform those things that are inside the the, the check boxes. Um, I think that you know, as part of a, a, a responsible instructor. Um, it's it's kind of uh, the instructor's job to also instill uh, a curiosity, maybe I guess if you will, um, a curiosity or a an interest that lay outside of class uh, as well as inside of class, because you know there's there's going to be people. It's a spectrum, right? It's it's the the people that want to go to class, enjoy the community get a good workout, uh, and not think about it until they walk back into the dojo again. And there's going to be people that obsessively think about it uh, and at the sacrifice of relationships and work. And I've, I've, I've met those people um, that, you know, they, they, they move back to the, to the country of their martial origin and they study with the masters there and, you know, podcasts. Start stupid podcasts, um, yeah. So you know, there's there's everything in between. But uh, honestly, I think if if you just look at checking the check boxes, there's there's a uh, <laughs> there's a tremendous amount that people are missing out on. Um, and you know, I guess that kind of begs the question: uh, Should the I don't know? Should there be more check boxes? Uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you know, that's, you know, kind of one of the things is uh, if, um, 
like if you've got a curriculum, uh, it's like we were talking about in the green room about, you know, having, having this curriculum of, you know, okay, this is what i got to feed people. So in my system, you know, we have a curriculum. It's not set by me. It's set by people who know more than me in, in Okinawa, right? So, mm-hmm. but there's stuff that I think needs to be in there. Not a lot, you know, but there, but... Uh, Are you free to add stuff or would they put oh, yeah, that? Yeah, you can add stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just... Obviously not, you can't take away anything, right? No, no. Well, you probably can, but eventually someone's going to catch it, you know, like... <laughs> right. Why don't you know this entire set of stuff? Oh, my sensei yeah. thinks it's crap. Hey, you know, yeah. Let mm, me talk to your mm. So, mm-hmm. but, um, and, and, but there's times where I kind of modify some of the stuff a little bit and say, okay, this is the way we do it. And, and globally, this is the way I but, want to do it in this dojo. It's not fundamentally different. It's just maybe a little tweak or whatever. Um, but anyway, but uh, focusing on, you know, like one of my silly taglines is, is I, I'm trying to create, uh, I'm not trying to create a black belt. I'm trying to create a martial artist. So right. when I'm when I'm training, you know, I, I, t- I take stuff and I go, okay, well, this this doesn't directly tie to you getting tested. This, however, is very important in my opinion for you to have on board as a martial artist. Yeah. So, um, and and it's also a way I'm feeding myself. I'm like, okay, well, this is a a challenge for me to teach, and and b it's because I'm thinking about it. You know. So mm-hmm. uh, like last night we did uh, groundwork. It's actually I got to give another shout out to the fine folks from uh, Karate Culture because they're the ones who kind of kicked us off. Uh, yeah, uh, got the juices flowing. They got the juices flowing. Um, yeah. Uh, about uh, you know training on doing on the floor they were doing someone asked them a question about doing strikes and how you would defend against strikes if you're in a you know you're in the mount or you've been mounted that kind of thing uh and so that kind of got me thinking again yeah and so i did uh kata applications from the ground you know and we and we tried to talk about some ah. of the stuff and as we did it i was talking about like the footwork and like okay well you know you, you, this is the footwork you're using these your feet to keep them away. Ooh, this is cool. So, yep. like, if you're watching this uh, at home, I'm moving. You know, I move my hand. That's kind of cool. Right. We can have a hand motion. We can now. gesture and do stuff. Right. We can gesture. Um, That's right. But anyway, we did. And if you're listening, I was moving my hands and like feet um, in, a, in a foot pushing way. In a foot pushing way. But I was demonstrating how that was the footwork to a certain kata and stuff like that. Blah blah blah. Yeah. That's not part of the curriculum. However, I think that ties into them understanding the kata. So when they go yep. to test or go to train somebody in that kata later or just perform it in general, they have something else going on in their head. So mm-hmm. uh, like the karate cafe, uh, culture guys, I almost said karate cafe, karate culture guys, you know, they had the whole stereotypical, their instructor went away, retired, I think, or, right. or whatever. Uh, if you can't remember, because I can't remember, go and listen to our last episode and then I'll tell you all about it. Uh, but anyway, but instead of just giving up, which is normally what happens, people either shift to a different school or they just kind of quit training right. these guys got together and just kept training and so they started right. feeding themselves right so they've they've came up with their whole curriculum of how they train themselves they do a lot of different stuff they train in jiu-jitsu they do yoga they do all kinds of stuff um so now do you know uh i can't remember do they have a they just train with each other right they, they don't have a school train or with each other although that's in their what last, i thought uh video or one of their last videos they're talking about they're they're aiming to open up a dojo at some point they, I think they see because that, you know, that becomes a question then too. Is that if 
if the things that you are investigating, experimenting, and 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 researching start to drift from your original style, um, what happens then? You know, you you kind of have some hard choices to make yeah, as far yeah. as uh, and and I think that um, that that can happen. And I, and I think it can happen with, with any style really is that because, you know, I would, I would argue that no style is complete. Um, and that you, you can't have, you can't have everything. And if you do have everything, uh, that means you are a jack of all trades, master of none, <laughs> in my opinion. Right, uh, right. Well, so yeah, because like last night doing doing the groundwork, you know, my whole thing is I'm not a ground fighter. I don't want to stay on the ground. I want to do what I can to get away from the ground and kind of control right. it while I'm on the ground using what I know. Right. But yep. you know, and I've told other people, I said, well, if you want to learn ground fighting, go to you know a ground fighting school. But right, you know, we don't do that. Well, I. I know doing Wing Chun, it's like you, the the last place you want to be is on the ground. So you do everything you can to not get there in the first place. I do think that, uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, um, I think it's easier to learn how to defend a ground fighter than it is to learn to ground fight. So oh, if you're, that. yeah, if you're a stand-up artist. Um, probably spending some time learning ground defense mm-hmm. is a better use of your time than it is, you know, trying to learn jujitsu. Right. Uh, and you don't the other need guy to probably go out no more. If, if if someone takes you to the ground, that's because that's where that, they want to be, right? That, that's where they want to be. Right. Yeah. So and, and I. Okay. Go ahead. Oh well. So so that's you know that's kind of an argument, or I guess kind of ties in with that whole being fed part was. You know, we've, I've encountered some guys that are, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh degrees, uh, black belts who are very, you know, you know, have kind of run down their system, their system, they, they, they've switched systems or they switch instructors and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, well, um, you know, we didn't talk about this. How come we didn't talk about that? Or we never train on that. And, and some of the stuff that they're complaining about are like fundamental things like footwork and stances and, you know, body positioning and stuff like that. And in my head, I'm kind of going, well, you know, you've been training for 15, 20 years. How come you haven't been looking at that? <laughs> you never noticed this before? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, yeah. and, and you're in, in, in one case, I know a guy and he's, you know, a, a mid-level, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, a mid-level black belt. And he's kind of complaining that there's all this stuff that he hasn't been shown and, and, and you know, concepts that he never occurred. And I've seen the guy that he's training with. And I've kind of go like, oh yeah, we've talked about that, you know, like oh yeah, I, you know, I do that. And so I'm yeah. like, well, what? So you're and you're running your instructor down, your direct instructor down, because he didn't teach you this stuff. And then his instructor is running the system down because we don't talk about it. It wasn't in the system. It was in the system. You just didn't. Well, right. It, you know, and that's right. That's the thing. I'm like, well, we do that. What? I don't understand why. Where yeah. where did you miss out? Where's so, this coming from? So were you waiting for someone to give that to you? Okay, well yeah. you know you should have fed yourself instead of waiting to be fed because, especially now now see arguably this guy uh, that, that that I'm talking to the intermediate guy didn't actually start teaching until recently so maybe he wasn't in the mode and maybe now that I've been teaching for 
10 years or so, I'm much more cognizant of looking at stuff and going like, well, why isn't that making sense? What am I missing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I better go look it up. You know, I better go find what it is that I'm missing. And, um, uh, and I, I think that that's a component of it as you move up and become a martial artist is you kind of, even if you don't want to teach, if you start teaching or have to lead a class or whatever, again, mm-hmm. feeding yourself with, with that bit of knowledge, then you're also more inclined to start thinking about it, one would presume. Yeah, well, and, you know, I think that that sort of also becomes a, uh, do it, it's sort of a, a, a do what I do, not don't just do what I say. Uh, because I think if, if, if you as an instructor are more exploratory about your martial arts, um, regardless of the checkboxes that you have on your, your testing sheet, um, I would think anyway that that will, uh, you know, that will bleed over onto your students and your students will become more exploratory because they see what the instructor is doing. And the, and you know, it's, it's just like, um, it's just like with any company, the, the culture of a company comes from the top and just like the culture of any martial arts, really any martial arts system for that matter, it comes from the top. And, and, um, if, if you have a, a federation if, uh, or a style that is very um, uh, enclosed, uh, then you're going to develop a culture of everybody that's in that style that becomes a very closed system. Um, if you have a, a style that doesn't spar with other styles, for example, because I know there are many of those, um, then you know, you're just going to sit inside that echo chamber and really you're going to only listen to the, the people that you're used to listening to. And honestly, if, if you have the discovery of, gee, why, you know, why don't, why is there no ground fighting in my system? Um, there's probably a lot of people that will never even ask that question. Um, uh, but if you have a, a style or an instructor that is, inclusionary and experimental and um, goes to seek those things out, I think that that will perpetuate that culture within your school and, you know, within, within your federation at the same time. The, the, the challenge there is this, this bizarre dance that happens between a martial artist as an instructor and a martial artist as a business owner. Because as a business owner, um, you, you, want, you want to circle the troops. You don't want people to – you want people to think that you are the only one that can give them answers uh, because that's the way to make the most money. Uh, I don't know how short-sighted that is. Of course, you know, I, the only martial arts school that I've ever owned had, had, had five students, so – um, that's okay. I uh, have five students now too. That, 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 right. That, but I, you know, I, I well, never, cause we talked about that. Also, remember we talked about that a while back about like, what's the yeah. definition of success? You know, mm-hmm. if I turn out yep. five good martial artists and the, you know, school B down the street turns out 20 yep. black belts and, yep. and you know, they're, they're, they're all robots and you know, just, I mean, maybe. Right. But if that guy can quit his job and you can't, but has he quit his job? To see, be that's, there's, but see, there's a difference, and you know that, that that could be an entire other 
topic is like, is it a job? Like if, if I got paid, right. Like if we got paid for doing this mm -hmm. and, and I, and I got paid to teach martial arts, that would be a job. You know, it's still, it would be a job, you know, we right. do this. But then, but then losing students and like right now, for example, I mean, this, the, this podcast is a good example is that we don't, we don't do one every week or every month and we don't freak out if we miss one and we don't panic about it. And there's, there's not a ton of pressure um, other than, gee, we really enjoy doing it. Uh, if, if we said, you know, I just thought it was weird, for example, I, I watch the Twit podcast a lot and they advertise Audible, um, <laughs> audible.com. And I'm thinking if people are downloading audiobooks, they're probably listening to less podcasts. So is this a good idea? You know, and I guess if, if your mission is to educate people, then it's a great idea. But if your mission is to be able to make money, hmm, that's you're not going to do such a great job. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's. Well, and I talked about it a long time ago. I mean, we've talked about it on the, the the shows. Like, what I need to do to like, you know, get more students in and like make it to like make money, mm -hmm. is more than I'm I'm willing to do. More than I can do. I mean, yeah, I'm, right. I have children, or you know, and then the house, and a bunch of stuff I got to do. So I right. can't really necessarily. You have only so many hours a week, right? And so, yeah. and and I already take too much time as it is, you know, according yeah. to my wife. So, <clears throat> you know, wanting to do this is is a way of feeding myself. You know, right. talking to you, hearing the stuff yep. from the rest of our our our, yep. our listeners, our loyal fan base, and uh, but the Facebook know, group. Yeah, you know, and and so and going to seminars or being able to do seminars is another way of feeding myself, and right. you know, making maybe enough money to cover all the rest of the stuff. So, because that's what we talked about when we talked with uh, my close personal friend Ian Abernathy. <laughs> I, I, I I said that a lot in my last seminar, and everyone's like, okay, and um, we get I, it. Yeah, you know, we're tight. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm still a fanboy. It doesn't matter. The, yeah, uh, me too. What are you gonna do? You know, we we talked about the, like you know his dojo. He said his dojo loses money. I mean, right? Because he's got you know five or ten or however many students, and they just they're yeah. in the space and they've been there forever. He's he does the rest of the stuff because that's what he loves to do. And so yeah, you know, we I'd love to be able to you know do a podcast and and and, and do whatever, but you know, and, and go do less, attend seminars and give seminars and teach, but you just can't. But all of that stuff that we do or that I, is to feed myself and try and make myself yeah. better at this thing that I, that I enjoy doing. Yeah. And no one spurred me to do that. It just, you know, that was kind of what well, I took on. And I know that for me, uh, early in my martial arts career, it was, um, I would pick up books. And if there was somebody I met at a party that was also into martial arts, that would be, you know, I'd be like, ah, come over here. We'll have a conversation kind of thing. And I, I know that um, usually when I kind of engage in anything, but especially something as passionate as I am about, about as, as I am about martial arts, is that um, I, I want to consume more than people are just giving me. I mean, if, if I went to class two or three times a week, um, it, you know, it's just, it's not enough and it's, it's enough as far as the time that I have to dedicate. Um, but I don't know. I think it would be strange to, to, to never watch a YouTube video, 
to never buy a book, to never do any investigation outside of your school and your instructor, uh, you know, to never go to a, a, a seminar, to never go to a competition. Um, I mean, competitions are, are great, especially if they're like an, a, an open style competition. Um, and one thing so, that we want to make clear to everybody is we're not saying, um, you know, question your instructor all the time. I think that, that uh, you know, like up to like, you know, first degree, secondary, stuff like that, it's kind of important to just, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, shut up and, and, and do what we say. Because you're, you're building that framework. You're building that... that um, yeah, and I would, I, you know, I, I guess I would kind of disagree with that. I, I would say go ahead and question your instructor. Do so respectfully. Um, but uh, I think questioning is okay. It just has to be appropriate, you know? Um, Please direct all your emails to Dan. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, it's just got to be appropriate because if, uh, you know, if there's a particular technique that you're having a challenge with, uh, or, or you simply disagree, uh, especially if you simply disagree and said, you know, uh, I don't think this would work in a pressure situation. Uh, I don't think it's appropriate to bring that kind of question up in the middle of class with a bunch of people. Um, but I do think it's appropriate to bring that up after class to talk one-on-one -on -one with your student. Again, here, here it goes back to our topic of feeding yourself, right? Is that, if um, if I have questions and 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 want to seek knowledge, uh, I don't think it's it, it you know that stuff should be stifled. I think it should be yes, ask the question. Now you do sort of dive, you move into being that jerk that it, the yeah what if yeah. jerk you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I tell like guys that that have studied, especially people who have trained in other systems. And especially yeah. people who have like black belts, brown belts sort of level. Um, and there, I, you know, I tell them, you know, ask me the question because if you're doing a technique and I'm teaching it, we probably have the same concept, just a different application. So, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, don't, don't just flail in the dark and go, well, that's, that doesn't make any sense because my instructor said do this. And now you're saying do this, you know, and maybe they don't see that connection of, of what it is. I did it with a, a student many years ago about blocking, about the, how we do a middle block. Mm -hmm. And I could just see in his face. And I told him at the get-go, I said, like, you know, if you have a question, ask me. He said, you know, maybe, yeah, not in the middle of class. Say, like, that's wrong. Right. But, like I say, a pro, an appropriate response. Right. Appropriate but, you kind. know, like yeah. at a break or whatever, go like, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. having trouble, you know, because I'm, I'm not afraid of being, you know, challenged at that level. Because, right. okay, I'm clearly not getting this across. So I need to figure out how to do it. And so, and I will explain it to them. And I've done it with everybody who's walked in my dojo that has trained since then. I've seen some times where we're doing something and I can look on their face. People don't have a lot of poker faces in, in karate. They, they, and so I can see they're kind of going like, okay. Mm <laughs> this is not quite clicking for me. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is why. This is why we do that. Yeah. You know, and, and I've been straight up with some of my students now that, you know, we do something and they kind of go like, and I'm like, yeah, uh, tactically, this is not a great technique. And I said, but conceptually, there's this and this, and that kind of informs something down the line. Yep. So, you know, yeah, I agree. But again, not my curriculum. So uh, I own it, and I, and I endorse it and teach it, but I try and teach it to the best of my ability. Again, trying to feed myself. Right. And, and you know, um, it's, 
it comes back to that kind of respectfully questioning kind of thing where um, if, I don't know, like I say, I've, I've seen the what if guys and uh, you know, I, I don't know if it was a Facebook post or what, but we talked about too, the difference between doing that during a class, doing it during a seminar, doing it to someone that's not in a, in a style that, that you are familiar with. Um, and when does a question become a challenge? I think you, you mentioned like the, the idea of being challenged um, because there's, there's just a really a vast difference between um, I don't think that's right and I think I'm not understanding what you're saying. Uh, and yeah, that sure. is all about how you frame things. And to me, to say uh, that, that isn't right, um, is, is disrespectful to the person that you're talking to. And it's kind of ignorant as well, uh, because it means that you're assuming that you have all the knowledge that you need to answer the question. And you've decided that that thing is wrong. Now, you know, there are appropriate times to do that. We've, we've done that before on this podcast. Um, uh, um, you know, sometimes you just got to call bullshit on stuff, but, uh, to, to say, you know, like even bringing that up, even to, to look at the Sistema guys and the, and the crazy stuff that we've seen on YouTube. Um, I do not believe in a no touch knockout. I do not believe that you can, uh, uh, defy physics with your martial arts. Um, that being said, there are some mysteries in the universe that are beyond me. And uh, I wouldn't disrespect someone for uh, uh, making, you know, I don't know, studying their craft for their lifetime. Uh, I would disrespect someone who says, this is going to save your life if you are attacked, and it simply will not. That, that, that is my big problem with that kind of thing, um, is that if, if it's being advertised, it's it's like selling somebody a gun that won't fire. Uh, it's it's extraordinarily dangerous, uh, right. <laughs> you know, and it's it's just irresponsible. So that's that's where I kind of start to start to question and potentially even challenge. Um, but if if you're in the middle of a friendly class or a friendly seminar, right. um, it is simply not the appropriate place to do that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So then, then this moves into another uh, level of what it is that we were talking about with this whole, you know, when do you get fed? Is um, I was talking with a friend of mine, and uh, he just recently got his 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 shodan or his whatever level of black belt, his first level black belt, and uh, he asked me. He said, "So, you know, why did you pick the system that you picked? You know, because we were just talking on Facebook ah. about, you know, whatever." And as I've detailed many times in the past, I don't know. Right. I just did it, and I loved it, and it's great, and here I am. So, yeah. could it have just as easily been something else? It could. It could have just as, probably, uh, maybe, maybe. You know. Yep. Um, but uh, I was lucky enough to get in the, the greatest style ever. So <clears throat> the, but then so then I asked him. I turned it around on him, and I said, "Well, then why did you join? What you joined?" Uh, mm-hmm. but because he's, he's talked to me and he's talked about like, like all the stuff they have to learn to get to black belt. And like, to me, like that whole thing about check boxes and having like a huge curriculum and all that, Yeah, you know, I'm like, that's, you know, how much is too much kind of thing. Um, 
as he said that I guess this guy is like a, a grandmaster in, in the system that he teaches, and uh, he's been teaching here for you know a long time. And he said one of the things that uh, impressed him was um, there were like three rows of black belts, and he said most of those three rows had been training with this guy for like fifteen years. And so, okay. you know, what so not of, a lot of turnover then. So not a lot of turnover, you know, or yeah. maybe a huge amount of turnover, but a lot of people, you know, that they, over 15 years, they, they stuck, you know, so right. They, like no one, you know, I, I have heard the, the biggest dropout is after six months and then a black belt. Yeah. People, for some reason, if they're not into it, six months is kind of the, the time period that they decide that they're not into it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, if they're winding down, they say, when I get my black belt, I, I, I feel like I have accomplished what I want to accomplish, and I'm, I'm a bit done. So Yeah, everyone who started have, with me, none of them made their black belt because I killed them all. Uh, a couple people that were in there before me, and I know they got, their, they got to like first, maybe second, and then they dropped out. Mm-hmm. You know? And so they're like green belt, brown belt is kind of seems to be our, our cutoff. But um, anyway, so he was talking about these. These black belts, and, and so in my head, the other thing is like, okay, so then if you're a black belt and you've been training with this guy for 15 years, you're figuring, let's, let's be nice and say it, it takes five years to get your black belt. So that means you've been training with this guy for another 10 years. So yeah. I don't know, you know how long it takes. And of course, you know, I don't know what ranks these guys were, but I mean, if you're training with somebody for 10 years, 15 years, you're probably up there. It's like, so, but. This, and, and rank becomes less relevant at that point too. Right. Uh, yeah. and, but this, and, and this one school, they don't have other schools in town. So I'm going like, well, so then all these guys are training with this one guy for all this amount of time, you know, and, and, and it may be just relative to my system and, you know, maybe some other Okinawan systems in general of like, well, why are you guys all still training with this one guy? Because. Right. There, That's an interesting question. There's so much stuff. I mean, it, it, if there's. Like he was talking to me yeah. about like all the, you know, we have all the rolls and the falls and the throws and like we've got like six of this and seven of those. I'm like, okay, well, that's a lot of information. At, at some point, uh, somebody at one point was talking about, I want to say it was Hapkido. He was using an example. It was some Hapkido school. Uh, and they were saying like, oh, we have uh, a thousand different uh, wrist locks. And they were saying like, well, no, you have hmm. like one wrist lock and you've got probably about you know, 10 variations of it. And then right. the variations on the very, you know, so it's kind of like, that. it's like, okay, yeah. Right. So when there's like so much information that uh, as an instructor, you know, you look at the curriculum and go like, I've got to learn all this stuff. Or the student says, I have to learn all this stuff. I think that may be a way of kind of keeping them with and, and, yep. and, and stuff like that. But at some point in my, in my opinion, those guys, those senior guys should be going like, well, I'm a martial artist now. I can start thinking of things on my own and I should probably start teaching, you know, because instead of being fed and getting it all and like just assistant, and maybe I presume a lot of them are probably assistant teaching and, you know, stuff like that. Right. But it's, well, I guess it depends on, on the culture of the school, you know, because if, if, if the culture of the school is one where those guys get together on the weekend and um, have, I don't know, jam sessions or whatever saying, hey, I, I watched this um, YouTube video, uh, this karate culture YouTube video, and uh, let's experiment with groundwork this weekend. So if 
if you've instilled that kind of curiosity in your students and they feel free to sort of play amongst themselves, uh, then maybe that exercises that uh, particular desire. Um, so maybe there's not as much of that. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I kind of agree with you that if if you're just always listening to the same person and always doing the same thing and I, I don't know, you just, I would think that, that hearing more than one voice would be an important part of your growth as a martial artist right. I mean, to know that, I, I, I you know, and I, the, the funny thing is, is we're kind of preaching to the choir here because obviously the people that listen to this podcast are somewhat of a self-selecting group. Right. There are people that have gone out and, and to seek more information about martial arts and more information about what they're into. Um, so really everybody that is, is hearing my voice right now, uh, it, it kind of gets it. They, un, they already understand. Yeah. It would be weird to not seek other information elsewhere and just be so in the bubble that all you get is, you know, a, an echo chamber. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can totally see the advantage of having, you know, three rows you know, or you know, X number of rows of more senior black belt people mm-hmm. that are all kind of more or less on the same page. Because in that way, you can do things like, okay, here's the here's the guy who's setting the the standard, and here's all the guys that are the the sort of banner carriers under them. But mm-hmm. that guy's really good at weapons, and that guy's really good at you know whatever. You know, the the, the head Specialize. guy. Yeah, the head guy is like arguably like the best at everything. Right. You know, so. Uh, but then, like all these other guys down here, is like you can kind of do the sort of in-house cross-training of okay, uh, Bob is running a class on empty hand kata, and he's really good at empty hand kata, so I can go train with with his class. And then on this weekend, this guy's really good at weapons, so he's having a weapons class. And, and as yeah. an instructor, it would be great That's to an be interesting able to, idea to to shake him off a little bit and go like, okay, I'm running the main class on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yeah. Uh, you're teaching, you know, you can teach the early class, you can teach on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That way they're fostering it and getting their stuff. Um, but again, they're, they're keeping, but see, but since it's in house, everyone has to be on the same page. There can't be any like, well, I think our stances should be a little bit wider. Cause you know, right. you know it's, 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 you know, there's it's all in-house. insular. Yeah. There's, there's in-house course correction and there's more. You know, it, it's everyone's on the on the same page. So I can see the advantages for that, for perpetuating the system and keeping things, you know, pure for whatever uh, range that is. But and again, yeah. So it's the culture of the of the school or the system. Yeah. Because in in, in Okinawan systems, there uh, there in Okinawa, I mean, there are people who are you know fourth and fifth and sixth degrees underneath their head instructor, and they're still training there. You know, and right. and that's it. But they, you know, it's a, it is a different culture. So, and I, well, and I, you know, I guess it's important for instructors to realize that they are, they are very much establishing the culture of their school. Uh, and it is, um, you know, it is going to flow down to your students. So it is not just the, the check boxes on the test. It's not just the techniques that you that you teach. I mean, 
I frequently say that most of what I learned in college was had nothing to do with what was written on a blackboard. Um, and, and I think it's, it can be said of, of martial arts as well, where, um, oftentimes what you, the, the technique is not what the most important thing that you learn. Uh, and if an instructor is not aware of that and, and cognizant of that, then I think that could be a disservice to your students is just saying, Oh, I'm going to, here's technique number one. Here's technique number two. Here's technique number three. Uh, I, I don't know. That's not a school I would want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so I, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this up. The, uh, uh, my take is I, I, I think that martial artists of, of a certain stripe. I mean, I, you know, again, you know, if you're like a white belt, you've been training for like three or four months. You got to learn the basics. You got to learn the basics. You got to get your foundation. You, you know, yep. and, and you should start thinking and your, and your instructor should encourage you to start thinking. Um, mm-hmm. but then as you move up, like first degree black belt, I, like, I agree, like being a, a first degree black belt is kind of like you're a serious student. Now it's time to really start working, you know? And so mm-hmm. then you really should start, you know, reading books and, you know, watching videos and maybe going to seminars. And I think if your instructor is not encouraging that, there's, you know, like one of my, our senior instructors, he told me, he said like, I, I cause I had talked about like, oh, I was. He had a black belt in Aikido, and I was like, oh, I, I, I kind of like Aikido. I think I want to go train it sometime. He goes, well, yeah. wait until you get your black belt. You know, he, just, he was like, you know, he says, you're, you're building your foundation. Wait till you get your black belt. Right. I can see that. You don't want um, to confuse your uh, muscle memory. Right. So I was like, yeah. okay, that's cool. And, and so that's what I did. I just head down, got my shirt on, and then, then yep. I started dabbling. But, yep. uh, you know, and then when I was kind of out, you know, a, a Ronin for a while, uh, you know, I trained with other people and I, I did other things. I continued doing my system. I continued working my content. Mm-hmm. I continued training with our guys when I could. But I, you know, I, so I kept on that path, but I started trying to, I had to feed myself. So I kept feeding myself. Right. And now as an instructor, it's the same thing. I'm still trying to feed myself. Yep. And so when I see guys that are at my level complaining about, things that they didn't get, you know, or, you know, that mm. uh, aren't talked about, you know, like, oh, well, our head instructor didn't talk about that. Well, why, why, that's a fundamental part of your system. Why aren't you learning about that? You should be trying to learn about that. You talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you, then, you, <laughs> yeah. You, then you do your study group and you learn about it. So right. I think, and for my take to, to, to wrap this up is I think it, it's the responsibility of the martial artists to feed themselves and ensure that, mm-hmm. What they're getting is what they're getting. That's why I tell my students. I give them the requirements, and I say, you have these, this kata, this weapons kata, this you know, 2D drill, blah, blah, blah. You need to make sure before the next test you have all that because I'm yeah. going to be paying attention to it, but it's your responsibility. You know? So and when I think you're ready to test, I'll test you, but I mean, it's, it's, you need to have that ready by that time. So yep. I, I think it's, yep. it's our responsibility as martial artists to feed ourselves at you know, a certain level. Yeah, I guess I I think it's a it's it's uh, you need to feed yourself at, at kind of every level. What what it, what it really comes down to is um, I think every person needs to to make sure that uh, they understand that their that their martial arts education is not the responsibility of their instructor. Um, their instructor is there well, after to, a certain to, point. I think you know. I mean, uh, e- even so, I mean, uh, you know, from from white belt to yellow belt, for example, 
um, as an instructor, you, you, you teach and you guide and you coach. Um, but he, you know, you shouldn't be calling them if, if they're not coming to class. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, so they, they got to do it themselves. Uh, the, the instructor is not necessarily there to motivate you. Um, the instructor is there to, to help guide you. Right. Uh, so that's I don't know, I, I, guess, I tell I guess everybody, I say like, you know, there's never going to be less material. You know, right. you, you're always going to be responsible for everything behind you and everything ahead of you. So, yep. Uh, anyway, okay. Well, yeah. this was a, a great topic, and maybe this whole video thing will work, and we'll post that. So, yeah. To be clear, if you're listening to this, you know, at the internet near you, uh, there may be a video out there. So we're still going to put right. it out on on audio, which is what you might be listening to now. But you also mm-hmm. may have a chance to see us in video, uh, and. HD-ish, well, or whatever it is that this uh, records on. Um, yeah. Anywho, yeah, so guys, remember, I'll be in Santa Fe. Um, but, uh, and I just realized that I'm wearing a, a shirt from... Uh, I saw that. Sonergos Coffee. They are actually in Ann Arbor. And this is where are I'm they really? Go. Yeah, I think so. Oh. I think so. I think this is the guys in Ann Arbor. Cool. Um, anyway, uh, so that was just pure hand. Hey, if, so if anybody wants to send us T-shirts, uh, we'll 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 wear them on the podcast. That's true. I'm, I actually, if we're going to do video, <laughs> I guess I should probably be wearing Chrono Gear T-shirts. So, ah, uh, or maybe a yes. gi. I should just put a gi on. And, I'll have to remember that and, and do that. Um, you could wear your 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 judo gi. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think is awesome. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> anywho, but uh, Dan, as always, a pleasure to talk to you. And, pleasure. And we will be talking to you all and maybe seeing you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.